Uh, well, again, welcome to the day after Christmas at Flipside. This is a tradition that we started a few years ago called Five Good Minutes, uh, where we get the chance just as staff uh, to share with, uh, with, with the body just what God has been doing and teaching us. Uh, and so they're all going to come up here. We're adding someone to the mix this year, Andy Addington. Uh, it'll be good to hear from Andy. Um, but um, I appreciate the, the freedom you give us a little bit just to take a Sunday where nothing is really planned. I have, I have very little idea of, of what anybody's going to share uh, other than just this is what God taught me over this past year. Um, and w what we've always found is it, is it resonates uh, with people in our church because it seems to be what God wants to do in the congregation. He starts doing in us or does it at the same time. And he just kind of orchestrates his body to go through things together, at least spiritual truths together. Uh, and so see if your story doesn't resonate with something up here. Not just the story, but the God behind the story and, and what God has done. So this will be a fun This will be a fun thing for us. Now, the, the, one other thing. I realize I'm standing in front of somebody. Oh, Rick, you're waiting. I appreciate that, Rick. Thank you. I want to sit right there behind me. Um, the, uh, I, I, we didn't do communion this morning and um, for a couple reasons. One, because I wanted to see and get a temperature uh, from our church about if, if, if it was a desire or not. Uh, and, and as I stand at the door, I heard a lot of people say, we're not, 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 not doing communion? Uh, and so, which is good, which is good. And I wanted to build a little bit of the anticipation rather than it just become a religious duty that we do. I don't want it to be that. So I want there to be some anticipation to it. So what we're going to do is on, on that worship night, we're going to take communion together because we're worshiping God. And we're going to remember who that God is that we worship. And we're going to take communion together on worship uh, on that worship night. And then probably again as we, we start uh, services again at the, at the new year. And so, But I would encourage you, if you want to do that at home, we did a Christmas morning before we did anything else. Uh, we share communion together. It was real, real special. So anyway, with that, we'll get started. I'm excited about this. Uh, this is Andy Addington, and he is not on staff with us, but he's been our missionary uh, in service for a while. And so he's going to hear about that. You're going to hear about that. He's going to share a little bit with us. I've got a timer of five minutes, uh, and I will use it and cut you off, uh, usually, unless I really like what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, so my name is Andy. Um, I just recently spent three months in South Africa with an organization called Experience Mission. Um, and yeah, it was very, um, you guys were instrumental in making that happen just through um, prayer and your financial giving, whether directly to it or uh, to Flipside. Because like Carl always says, you give to Flipside, or you give, you don't give to Flipside, you give through Flipside. So just through your giving, you're able to make stuff like this happen. So I'm just very grateful. Um, for all that you've done. So I have about a million stories and five minutes, so we're going to just go, we're going to zoom through some of these pictures. I'm just going to pick one apart at the end. So just to give you a little context, this is the, uh, the team I went with. There were 16 of us, and you might notice there is a lot of estrogen in this picture, um, which was fun, but it was just such an awesome group to have worked with, um, spend three months with these people. Um, yeah, if we get the next slide. So this is... Um, we painted this fence. This is just some of the stuff that we were doing while we were there. Um, we spent the better part of a week doing this. Um, took us a lot longer than we thought, but everyone had a good attitude about it. And doing like mundane things like this um, sort of taught me stuff. But I can talk about that later if you talk to me afterward. This is um, the host family we stayed with. Um, we were all just, me and uh, my teammate Val there on the end, um, just stayed with this family and learned some cool stuff from them, um, which was really awesome. We get the next one. Um, these are some of the kids that uh, we worked with. And there was an after-school program, so we just got to play different games with these kids and help them out with homework and do some fun stuff like that. Um, if we get that last picture up there. So this is the one I really want to pick apart. So this is, um, here we are at uh, a woman named Esther, her house. She basically runs a soup kitchen out of her house. And so she... Um, just gives food to those that are in need in the community. So here we are, we're helping um, just serve some rice to people that would come. They bring basically like little Tupperwares and fill them for their families to bring home. So how it would work is they would come up and they'd, they'd let you know how many people are in their family and you give them 
twice as many scoops of rice as there are people. So first person comes up, they say, hey, I got three people in my family. All right, here's six scoops of rice, here you go. Um, next person comes up, they say, hey, I got 10 people in my family. Oh man, 10, all right, here, 20 scoops of rice, here you go. We only got, you can see there's only a couple bowls of rice up there, right? We only have a limited amount. And I'm looking at the bowls of rice that we have um, and just this line of people going all the way out from the house, all the way down the driveway into the street. We got a limited amount of rice, all kinds of people, but hey, I'm giving you 20 scoops of rice, here we go. We're gonna make it, no problem, right? Next person comes up, I got 12 people. That's a lot of rice. That's 24 <laughs> scoops of rice, right? So I'm like, oh man, like I'm doing the mental math of how much, how much rice is coming out with each scoop. Like, we're not going to make it. There's not enough rice. I'm looking at the line of people. There is no way we're not going to be able to make this with the amount of rice that everybody's getting. So I just start praying. I said, God, you multiplied loaves and fish, right, in the Bible. Make this rice last. Like, please, like I can't like, turn these people away without getting food for their family. We made it. We made it. We had extra rice left over. It was crazy. It was just such an incredible moment to be a part of. Um, so that all was able to happen just because I said yes to God on the front end, right? Like, I didn't know what I was getting myself into <laughs> awesome. going on this trip, but I just felt this call from God um, to just say yes. And so I was able to go on this trip and just um, able to be a part of that. And you might think right now, oh, well, like, there's COVID going on. Like, I don't know if it's safe to be going, but I just feel like now is the most important time to go because especially in South Africa, it's just a time of hopelessness there. Like, they've been in some severe lockdown, like, way worse than here. And just for um, people to come and just give them hope, I think it's more important now than ever. Um, so um, to conclude, just in um, January, January 10th, I'm going to be leaving again to go for six months to Belize, Cuba, and Puerto Rico. So um, I'll be honored if you'd partner with me in that in prayer. The trip is fully funded, thanks to big part in a flip side, what you guys were able to give. But if you just would partner with me in that in prayer for those six months. And if you haven't been getting email updates from me already, just talk to me afterward, give me your email, and I'd love to send you updates about what's going on down there. Thank you. Awesome, Andy. Hey, hey, real quick, let me ask you this, Andy. What would you say to parents who are a little bit hesitant about letting their kids go on mission trips? <laughs> I mean, if you ask my own parents, they were very hesitant. My brother first kicked off this whole mission thing when he started going to Mexico with Flipside. But I think, um, you know, you just got to realize your kids are God. They're not your own. You know, you can't, you can't hold on to them as long as you want. You have to give them into God's hands. Like if they feel the call from God, I think you just have to, to let them go and, you know, answer God's calling in their life. So do you have kids? I do not, no. So it's easy for you to <laughs> right, say. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's easy for you to say. But your parents did that for you and they God's did. been good through yeah. it. Right on. Thanks, Andy, very much. Oh, look at that. Your time's up. Stop talking. All right, John, you ready? Yes, sir. All right, you're on the clock. Awesome. I got a clock too, so you don't have to worry about it. We double clocked. Uh, Hey, church, I just wanted to say before anything, um, before I shared a little bit about how this last year has been for me and my wife, um, just thank you um, for myself personally. I was kind of reflecting back on this past year, and just thank you first to Pastor Carl for allowing uh, me um, the opportunity to be able to serve along such a great body of individuals. Um, I you know, made the joke accidentally about, you know, certain people are awesome. No, this church overall is an awesome church, and I just want to say thank you as well for entrusting, um, even myself, um, as I'll talk about here in a second, about the opportunity to even serve some of your guys' youth, um, mm. those who have junior hires, and just also even with this new campus as well. Thank you so much for um, just, again, the generosity, the genuineness when you come and say, hey, how are you doing? You know, that we love you, we're praying for you. Um, it's not definitely words, it's definitely, I can feel it coming from your heart, so thank you you so much. Um, yes, for those who don't know me, my name is John. Um, I have been the opportunity to be able to serve as a church plant intern here at Flipside for over the past year. I'm currently going to be helping out launch this new, or we already have been, uh, helping out launch this new campus over at Riverstone, um, and I'm leading the, the line sort of on that as well. Um, this past year has been really, really different, if I'm completely honest with you, within the sense of my own personal walk with Christ. Um, I've kind of grown up in the sense of 
um, experiencing many different difficulties and, and different traumas and, and had to learn how to have a relationship with God when things are not necessarily always going right. So I, I know God as the one who will provide during hard times. And I know what it's like to be able to have a relationship with a God who, uh, who is able to still be present and be Emmanuel like we just celebrated just yesterday, um, even when it just seems like you're in the dirt of things. Um, but this year was actually something very, very opposite for me. Um, it was an opportunity, not of a season of, of mourning, so to say, but it was a season actually where God allowed me and my family to be a family of rejoicing, you know, and that's very strange and different from maybe of all the past years that came before that. I mean, there's been great things throughout this year for me and my wife buying a home, um, getting closer and closer to finishing up this crazy grad program that I'm still doing um, at Fresno Pacific. And I've just been able to see how good God is. And every morning I go on different walk, I go on walks and just spends me and me, me and time with God. And I just reflect back and just wondering like, God, what did I do to deserve this goodness this mm. past year? I mean, was there, there must have been something or there must have been some prayer I said, or there must have been some sort of whatever it is that you've been so gracious to me and my wife. And the answer is, it, it's, it comes down to it's, it's nothing that I've done. It's just simply what he has always been, regardless of the circumstances that I've experienced in the past. Hmm. And so this past year, I've had to learn, and it's been very uncomfortable for me, of what does it look like for a person who doesn't, for the first time, maybe have a physical or financial need, or doesn't necessarily have hmm. even a health sort of need um, hmm. with my physical body, or even my those who are close with me, their physical bodies, um, but what does it look like to be able to simply actually wake up every morning and still have that same desire and that same connection and still having that same desire to abide in Jesus, mm. even when you don't have something you need from his hand? And mm. so that's what God has kind of been sort of ushering into my life, kind of showing me throughout this past season. I'm really grateful because it helps me also, um, yes, to learn that sort of aspect of God and also minister to other people who are also in that same area. Um, one other couple things with the minute I have left on my <laughs> clock um, is I want to say again, we've, we, I'm really grateful for being able to serve underneath a patient here as well who serves as a youth pastor here at the church. Um, when it came to the junior high, we got the opportunity to meet a whole lot of new kids um, throughout the regular programming throughout this last semester. We saw a lot of kids who weren't part of this church, weren't connected with this church, coming to programming because they were being invited by other students in the program. And that was awesome to see, to be able to ask real genuine questions and have honesty of like, yeah, I don't necessarily know what I think about Jesus. Or for those who have been coming to church for some time, ask real deep conversation, have real deep conversations about, you know, what does it look like, especially as we grow in age um, when it comes to faith in Jesus. Um, and then also one other thing um, with the short time I have left is just to say, um, I'm super excited about what God has for this next year with this with this uh, church plant over here um, being connected. Ultimately, um, flip side, Riverstone is not an individual church, but it's simply just an extension of all the great things that are already happening here in the Madera Ranchos. And uh, I love all those people also who came out to Carol with us. That was a great <laughs> opportunity to make a lot of great connections. And what I was beginning to see actually through that process is that there's a lot of people. We have the potential, and I do believe that the kingdom is going to be expanded into those neighborhoods as well. So thank you for all your partnership and your generosity even with that as well. John, thank you, man. It, uh, just to make sure you understand, John is in, in seminary at Fresno Pacific. John is, uh, is, is, is one, he and his wife, Sienna, are one of the couples of the multitude of couples that our church sent through the Discovery Center that, that, we, that I and we run with Excel Leadership Network for uh, people who are thinking about planting a church. And so you, as a, we've, as a church, invested in John and Sienna and multiple other couples uh, long before he was here on staff. Uh, so thank you for having the heart of generosity and giving and an investment of people that you had no idea, and some you still have no idea, that you've already invested in God's work in their lives. Sometimes it comes back through us. Sometimes we send it on. Uh, but John and Sienna are one of those, and you're doing a great job, man. I love you. I'm proud of you, and you're still full of piss and vinegar, man, which I love. So 
keep that up. Uh, so I, I didn't do this. Uh, John is, is, runs, uh, is in charge of our junior high ministry at this point. He's going to transition in that a little bit uh, because other things that you're doing uh, in ministry and in the world. Uh, but you're also the face of the place over at, uh, at Stone Creek and Riverstone. So yes. doing a great job as the, as the pastor there, man. Uh, one, and so you'll notice I got two guys, uh, a beautiful young lady, and then two guys, and then a, a beautiful lady, and then <laughs> two guys. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but we're missing one of our staff, and that's Charlie Harlow. Uh, and she wasn't feeling well, and so she told me that uh, she wished she could be here. Um, she doesn't necessarily like being up front and on in the spotlight. Serves behind the scenes quite a bit, but I don't want to leave her out of the mix as if we forgot about her. Uh, so add her on your prayer list. She's got a big week coming up uh, with some things that are going on. Uh, so just add her to, to, to your list for health that she can engage in a week ahead of her. Uh, with great uh, energy and excitement and passion for, for what God's doing. So anyway, don't, I want to make sure that we remember Charlie as well. Miranda? Miranda runs our children's ministry and does an incredible job. And all the, all the graphics, all the video stuff, I mean, that's the so, so stinking creative. Amazingly so. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm usually very nervous on stage, and this morning I am very nervous and also have morning sickness, so <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Um, our mission in children's ministry here at Flipside is based on the verse in Luke 2.52, and Jesus grew in, in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. But how do you know when you are growing in wisdom? For me, this year has taught me that wisdom doesn't necessarily mean that we gain knowledge but instead a reliance on God and the discernment given by the Holy Spirit. Joe and I have put our reliance in God through our finances, our parenting, our marriage, and seen the fruition of that. But the true test of faith came when I pushed myself to put my reliance in God through situations that felt beyond me and out of my control. If you are familiar with my family's story, you will know that over the course of the last 11 years, mm. I have lost all three of my cousins on my mom's side. Each lost unexpected and too soon. The family I grew up with is no longer. It has been an unimaginable turn of events for my aunt and uncle and for my family. In January of 2020, we lost the last of my cousins, Caitlin, whom I referred to as my big sister. She left behind her husband and two children, Molly, age 10, and Kenny, age 7. You may have seen me walking around on a Sunday morning with two shadows by my side. <laughs> Molly and Kenny. Molly and Kenny know Joe and I as their aunt and uncle. So we spend a lot of weekends with them as they've been navig navigating grief and even weeks at a time when they were doing school from home with COVID. And coming alongside these two children who were and are facing the biggest loss of their young lives, I became quickly aware of just how unprepared, inept, and unequipped I was to even face this heavy task. As the reality of their missing parents set in, I could do nothing to take away their pain. It was and is out of my control. James 1.5 states, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. And so I prayed. I asked God for wisdom. I asked God to please give me his words and lead me in his direction. I asked God for wisdom, and he provided opportunities. Opportunities to talk to these two heartbroken kids about heaven. Opportunities to answer questions about the Bible opportunities to take them to church, opportunities to share the gospel. I am thrilled to share with you that Molly and Kenny both accepted Jesus while attending BBS here at Flipside. I was also given the privilege in leading Molly in communion this year. While they continue to struggle through their grief and now facing adolescence, 
There is an extreme peace in me, knowing that they too have the reliance in God and the discernment of the Holy Spirit in their lives. He is the ultimate redeemer and healer. I would like to end by sharing one of my husband's favorite verses. It's become a staple and a constant reminder in our home. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world, John 16, 33. Some troubles in this life are not meant for us to solve or even gain wisdom over. Some troubles are meant to be left in complete reliance to God, for he has overcome it all. Thank you. Amen. Miranda, I love you. And I can't think of a greater individual to trust my grandson to than you and to trust him in ministry than your hands. Uh, so thank you for everything you are. Um, and I'm telling you that God has brought some incredible uh, hearts to be on this staff who understand what it is to walk this world. Uh, and to work out their salvation with fear and trembling in the midst of the unknown. Uh, and I want to encourage you that if you don't have a place to serve, you can understand why it's a great thing to serve under the leadership of Miranda and with her team. Uh, your kids are in good hands. Love you, sweetie. I turned my timer off because I was just going to let you keep going. That was, that was really good. Patient, good luck. <laughs> Patient does our our youth ministry and things, so have at it, buddy. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you for trusting me with your your children to be their pastor and to teach them the word of God. But I want you to understand that we don't just teach them. The majority of the things that we teach them is the things that we're learning ourselves. Sometimes we learn that in a very, very difficult year. This year it was one of the most difficult years of my life. I, I told that after losing both of my parents, I'll be nothing can shake me like like this year. Um, I, I'll start in a, at the end and I go to the beginning. I, I end up at the pastor call office one day, uh, trembling, and he told me something, and then. Uh, start to think about that things every single day of my life. And I, I always talk about God being a Jehovah Jireh, but the provider for me was God providing food, job, money. But I never realized how he can provide mercy and grace hmm. in our lives. You have no idea how it's very difficult maybe to, maybe you have an idea, to lead in a place of shame, to lead in a position of uh, challenging a difficulty and uh, some burning inside of you that you, you, you don't know and you have nobody you can explain what is going on, but you need to come and uh, to lead people and uh, tell them about the hope, about the forgiveness of God when you cannot forgive yourself. But God was so nice and so amazing to me and, and my family in a way that if it was not for him, I don't even think that the Matadi's family could exist. Mm -hmm. But God was so nice to us by adding one more members in our family, which I prefer to say the last one. <laughs> Just Olivia came in our lives and then it was great. Uh, God uh, gave me another daughter. It seems like I'm gonna die the only man in the house. Uh, my daughter, Andrea, asked me if I can handle that. I said, I don't know, but I'm still trying to figure out who you are. Um, <laughs> But that was amazing. But when my wife found out that she was pregnant, I think three weeks after they put her in the bed rest, which I didn't like in the beginning because it was just very tough, very difficult, and it was she has a blood pressure, all those kind of things. But I also realized that it was also the opportunity that God gave it to me to be able once in my life to serve my wife because it was always backward and I was the one doing ministry, the one going, the one that they were serving when I was coming back home. But this time it was for me to come, do everything I need to do, and I go back home and I take time and I take care of my family. And then I'm there, I bless God for that. My daughter was actually dedicated last, 
two days ago. It was here. It was beautiful. Because that was one of my wish and my prayer, God, that the day that you come to church, we want to recommend it to you. But as a youth pastor also, I bless God because this year it was amazing year. We were very busy trying a lot of things. Seriously, after the COVID, I tried my best to try a lot of things. Some of them were successful. Some of them, I think, I don't even know if we're going to do it again. Some of them, it was, you know, when you're living with this generation, which I call microwave generation, everything's speeding, and then I'm too old. I'm trying to relate it to them, and then all those kind of things. But they've been so nice and patient with me, teaching me a lot of good things. But one of the things that I loved the most was that this year we were able to pass 128 Bibles Mm -hmm. to the kids. And we gave them. The church was able to provide that. You guys bought a very nice Bibles. We give to each kid in the junior high and the high school. But some of them, they even have the audacity to read the Bible and they try to challenge me. Which was, (laughs) say, man, you guys, I don't know what you're doing, but great. I love it. And then we started this Bible study with them every Sunday. Every Sunday we have a Bible study with them here. We study the whole book of Mark with them. We study the book of uh, uh, James with them. We study the whole book of Peter with them. We study, we're still studying the book of Matthew with them um, with a lot of chance that we'll never finish because 28 chapter, I don't know that we're going to get there. We started that three months ago, but we're still in chapter 10. There's no hope that we can. We're going to finish that. But it was amazing to see that we, we, and then on top of that, I saw them, I see a lot of kids growing up in the things of God, that two of them, they were able to bring the message at this place. It was just amazing to see someone like Elijah preaching here. I bless God. I could not imagine that they can come with uh, this type of, I see the McKenna boy also preaching a gospel here. We gave them the opportunity. We don't just want to teach them. We want also them to be able to practice when they're seeing us doing. It was amazing to do that. We have a couple uh, greats. One, one sentence wrap up. Uh, that's a problem with a preacher. We never finish. <laughs> but thank you, guys. Thank you for all your prayers to, to me and to all the investment that you're doing in the youth ministry. We can see the result. We can see that when we go with FCA on campus, this is flip side providing for them. What if we go to the group homes with the Kim, with John and I, this is also flip side providing that we are able to reach all those kids, even able to take care of our own families. Thank you for that, and we are so grateful. Patient, thank you, man, very much. Patient, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to God that he brought you to our church. Um, you've done a great job leading the students. Uh, and if nothing else, they're going to be grounded in God's word, which is the immovable foundation that they so desperately need. So thank you for your leadership in that. And it's been beautiful for me to get to watch you learn how to, rather than lead from a position of authority, lead from a position of humility. That's a powerful transition for a pastor to make. Uh, and so thank you for not quitting on it. Uh, thank you for staying in it and allowing the understanding in you to be to grow of what it means to lead from humility because you've understood God's mercy and grace. So I appreciate you, man. Thank you very much. Rick, you are up. Rick, uh, Rick, Rick you are the longest person that, uh, I, 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 that doesn't sound right. You're the, <laughs> you're the person who has stayed with me in ministry the longest out of everywhere I've been. I'm, I'm sure my wife can attest to it that, that I've never had a staff member uh, stay with me so long, whether it's because uh, you you got nowhere else to go or, or because I give you such incredible freedom that you're enthralled in ministry with me uh, or um, you just don't like change. Uh, you hadn't quit and I hadn't fired you yet. So uh, it's been... 17 years? Yeah, 17 years. Long time. Back uh, back when you were full of piss and vinegar, and, and, and now you're just full of it. So, <laughs> we got we got a love-hate relationship sometimes, don't we? That's one way to describe it. <laughs> hey, look at me. I love you, and I appreciate you a whole bunch, man. You got five minutes. 
Stubbornness, I think, is the word that <laughs> best describes it. <clears throat> this last year, um, well, one year and one week ago, mm. on December 19th of 2020, uh, Rosemary, my mother, went into the hospital with uh, sepsis. Mm. And uh, the doctors were not too encouraging. It's like, um, hey, this doesn't look good. And I'm like, all right, you might want to tell her that because she's, she's very stubborn. <laughs> and um, she was in the hospital for about six weeks and then went to a um, rehabilitative care uh, facility, um, which that is, a, if, boy, they make a lot of money. <laughs> at the rehabilitative uh, spot. We then uh, relocated her to a uh, senior care facility um, outside of Selma. She lives in, in Kingsburg, and they make a lot of money too. So if you're looking for a, a job idea, that's the way to go. Um, Rosemary went home on August. She didn't die. She went to her home. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Mom, if you're watching, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to. She went home on, um, on August 1st, and, and, um, and she has had some caregivers uh, there. And uh, a week ago, she said, you didn't wish me happy anniversary. And I'm like, happy anniversary, December 19th. What's going on with this? I'm all, okay, happy anniversary. I'll play. And she goes, yeah, it was one year ago that I went into the hospital. And I'm like, didn't realize that's something we celebrate, but okay. Happy anniversary. And and I asked her, you know, how do you feel about this last year and uh, Rosemary who's very articulate said oh it totally sucked (laughs) and I'm like all right yeah (laughs) I understand and she said something that was uh, 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 profound she just said but I'm not done yet And I'm like, you're not done with what? And she said, with life. There's, there's more for me to do. Hmm. And um, she's 73. And um, she's been retired for 10 years. And, um, and I asked her, okay, well, you know, what do you have left? And she, hmm. she said, do you have any idea how many uh, uh, people I, you, I uh, pray for? And I said, I'm guessing a lot. And she <laughs> said hundreds. And she, and she said, if I'm not here, who's going to pray for them? Wow. And I'm like, wow. And in, um, in reading in the book of Matthew chapter 7, um, this is the end of the uh, Sermon on the Mount when, um, when Jesus has been you know, speaking on the uh, Beatitudes and the Lord's uh, Prayer. And uh, he reaches the end of this and says, Everyone, therefore, who hears these words of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it didn't fall, for it was founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall." And I think that the significant thing about these about these two halves is that it doesn't say, you know, if the rain falls mm. or if there mm. is a storm. It mm. says when mm-hmm. 
And it is our choice to decide to either build our lives on the foundation of Jesus or not, but the storms will come. So, Rick, thank you, man. Did you want to add anything to that to wrap that up? You feel, no? You're all, you're all right. That Rick, thank you and Geraldine so much for, uh, one, your investment in this church. Before there's anybody here, you guys uh, threw in with heart and soul and all four of your children. Uh, and it is significant. And I hope, church, I hope you understand this. It is significant that as they threw in with this church, with these kids who had no choice, their kids now have a choice. And they're here and leading. Uh, and even those who aren't here still love the Lord. And they still are walking in their own way with him. Uh, and it's just an incredible testimony to parents who did it right in the ups and downs and through the storms uh, have led each other and served each other and led their kids well. You and Geraldine have done a fantastic job. Uh, and we get to see the fruit of it uh, here on Sundays as they continue to lead to. Um, so thank you, man. I'm proud of you. I love you. Uh, and we are the flip side OG. <laughs> you're a good man. Good man. Geraldine, you're back there. Thank you, you too, because Rick is uh, not even half the man without you. Thank you. You're up, Heather. Heather, Heather uh, runs uh, everything. Um, yeah, pretty much uh, the the kind of the executive uh, administrator, uh, both for the church, honestly, and for Maywood and the tenants working hand in hand with Richard, um, but really is the backbone and my great support. So thank you. How about That's a it? Nice way to set me up to cry. <clears throat> okay. So I'm Heather, and um, I have been married to my husband, John. We're high school sweethearts, um, and we have one beautiful daughter, Madison, who changed her hair color this year. So it's been a fun year. Uh, so I had um, some stuff planned, ready to go today, and then uh, Madison came in this morning to my bathroom and ruined everything I was going to say. So here we go. <laughs> this will be fun. Um, Something that struck me was, how do you sum up what God has taught you in a year when it appears you're a really slow learner? Mm. I have a lot to tell you guys, and I have five minutes. I've learned, and I don't honestly think I've learned much because I keep learning the same lesson over and over. I don't know if anybody else is like me, but it's like, oh, that again. It's still a, a thing. Um, <laughs> here we are again. Um, one thing I wanted to share is that it's just so easy for us to remember and to focus, especially with 2020 and 2021, to focus on the bad. It's in front of us every minute of every day. But if you all take time, and I recommend you do at the end of this year, to look back and to look for all the amazing things that God did for you throughout this year, you're going to be surprised and overwhelmed, I hope, by how much he has done and how much he has provided for you throughout these years. Think it. I don't want to cry. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying. Yes. Um, so one of the things this year um, has been especially trying with Madison or Mac. Uh, we'll explain why her name is Mac another time. So um, with Mackie, um, her health has always been uh, kind of an issue, and she has a big ear thing, and um, we've been dealing a lot with that this year. Um, and I've been kind of... Uh, lost as to what my place is. She's getting older. I have one kid. Well, now she's going to move off. Who am I? What do I, what do, I do? Um, but who I am is not tied up in Madison. Who I am is a daughter of a king, and I have to remind myself of that every day. He created me for, sorry, Mac, much more than just being Madison's mom or John's wife. Um, he made me Heather. <laughs> which is pretty good. Um, <laughs> and something that um, we were presented with this year in um, doing, we've done lots of trips to Stanford, Mac and I, um, 
I've gotten to have some really great conversations with her. And wise Miranda said to me, as we were all praying for a miracle for Mackie, um, and we come back and things didn't work the way that we had hoped. The surgery she had didn't pan out the way we were hoping. And then we went back and it worked out different. And she goes, hmm, sometimes miracles just look different, don't they? And I'm like, yeah, Miranda, I guess they do. <laughs> um, so just, um, I'm learning that things are probably not going to look the way that I had planned. Um, my family's changing. All these things are changing. Gosh, the world is so different. Um, but God is still at the forefront of it, and he still has me and my child and my marriage in the palm of his hand. Um, something that, I'm going to try, how much time do I have left? Um, something that I um, was struck with this year at the end of the year was a message that we heard at one of our youth events. Um, this gentleman was talking about how some of us have a price tag that's been put on us by people, and it is not our value. Someone put a value on you, on me, at some point, that is not, that is not the value that God gave you. And we need to remove that price tag or that value that we've put, that's been put on us that does not belong there. Mm. That you're worth far more than you think, and... Um, far more than anybody on this earth has ever told you you are worth because you're a child of God. You're created in his image. And so, young ladies, listen to me. Some boy should not tell you what your value is. Amen. Um, uh, I love you boys too. You know, And some girls should not tell you what your value is. Um, who you are is not tied up in what you can do physically, in your sport, in your job, it's not tied up in that. Your value is far more than that. So my takeaway this year is to realize whose I am and that I was created special. Good job, Betty. <laughs> Heather, thank you for uh, your leadership uh, in this church and with your family and with your daughter. Um, it has been um, significant to watch you go through the process of raising her and, and in an appropriate way getting your hands off her and letting God get his on her uh, and you and John trusting him with her. Um, that, uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate your faith. And I appreciate the way you've been able to navigate ministry here, the ups and downs and the uh, disappointments of it while you navigate um, this faith journey with your daughter. Um, the Bible says you older women should teach the younger women, uh, and I'm not calling you older, um, <laughs> but I am saying you got some life experience that um, needs to be passed on to some younger ones. So thank you. Uh, Jeff, you uh, do the band stuff. You are the worship leader at Stone Creek. You're my executive pastor who handles uh, everything I don't want to. Uh, and this new year, I'm going to ask you to do more of that. Um, and you handle it with, a, <laughs> with, as far as I'm concerned, a great deal of professionalism and grace and, and decorum. Uh, and you see the details and stuff I don't. So... Take it away. All right. Well, I am very much not prepared for this morning, and it was intentional because Carl gave me a book on Christmas Eve talking about how I need to do less. So I thought, <laughs> all right, here we go. No. So I'm shooting. Less, not less. The essentials. The stuff. essentials. That's true. So that means shooting from the hip this morning. So here we go. Now, the Bible talks in Proverbs about um, how hope deferred makes the heart sick. Um, and then, thank God, there's a second part to that. It says, but when desire comes, there it is right there. But when desire comes, it is the tree of life. This has been sort of a verse for 2021 for, for me specifically, but also for my family. Um, it started out, it's interesting, it, uh, that word deferred, it wasn't that hope was lost. It had just been backburnered. If you're a young father, you know exactly what I'm talking about because your kids kind of send you into like the Alamo. You retreat and go, all right, let's just get her done. And tomorrow we'll talk about hope. I don't have time to talk about that today because I'm, I'm parenting. Um, so we hadn't lost hope. We had just backburnered hope. 
And it's interesting, you never really can put your finger on when desire is going to come, but 2021, maybe it was the chaos of 2020, uh, desire came for me specifically in 2021. It came first in the area of our finances, and it uh, eventually culminated in us doing the Financial Peace University curriculum. A lot of people here went through that, and that was awesome. And then it just kind of started bleeding over into other areas of life. And it was really cool, but it was also really scary because when desire comes, you have what I call a that's it moment where you go, that is it. We're done doing things this way. We're going to start doing things this way. And there's some really cool stuff about that, but there's some also really scary stuff about that. When I was single, the, 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 the that's it moments were, were great, whether it meant I was, all right, that to this Saturday, I'm going to start learning Guitar, learning drums, whatever. Those are easy things to do when you're single. But when desire comes and you have a that's it moment and you've got a wife and kids, I mean, how do you, how do you have, desire, have the desire you want for somebody else? And so I started praying. And my prayer was that God would either change my heart or change their heart. And it was very interesting to see how God said, okay, Thank you for giving this to me. Now, number one, get out of the way because you're, you're messing stuff up in many ways and, and, what, and work with me. And so um, it was very interesting to see how God took that. But when desire comes, when desire is fulfilled, it is the tree of life. It was very interesting to see how he, how he did that. So Real quick, you've talked about it before. It's called the, the humdiv principle, the human and divine principle. You work like everything depends on you, but you pray like everything depends on God, and you trust like everything depends on God, and you believe like everything depends on God, because really it does. And so uh, it kind of, you know, like I said, I'm shooting from the hip. I want to talk to the fathers here, or if you're watching online, if you're a father, there will be decisions you are challenged to make that will make you a very unpopular person. And it'll make you very unpopular with the people who matter most to you. And you'll want to not do it because of that. Do it anyway, but don't do it by yourself. Human, divine, the hum, div principle. Do it with, do it under the authority of God and do it with the help of God. And I'd love to say it makes it easy. It doesn't. But you know, you know you're doing something that's worth doing. So that's it. I don't know where I landed. <laughs> yeah, that's good, Jeff. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You had one minute left. Do you defer that minute to me? I do. Thank you. Um, thank you for your partnership in ministry. You and I uh, get the opportunity to walk through um, great stuff together and difficult stuff together. Um, not just with us individually, but with the staff and with the church and the community. And so thank you for your discretion and wisdom in holding those things between us um, and walking with me through those things. You are, um, you are a, an incredible support and ministry uh, partner alongside me. So I appreciate you a whole bunch. I'm proud of you. Um, all right, so, so uh, five plus good minutes. Um, one, let me tell you, thank you, church. Uh, we uh, had a series a while back about love languages that culminated in the opportunity to partner together uh, in a two-year giving commitment so that we can pay off this entire church property uh, in an expedited manner that would save $130,000 in interest and shave three-plus years off of it so that it would free up twenty dollars to $30,000 a month that we could use to plant churches around the world and send to our mission work at Youth for Christ, at Angels of Grace, at, at, um, at uh, what's the other one we do? Pregnancy Care Center, um, and many other places. And I just wanted to give you an update on that. Um, what we were asking for was an extra $4,000 a month over and above our regular tithes and offerings for two years, $48,000 the first year, 48th the next year, totaling $96,000 over two years, over and above our regular tithes and offerings. After it was all said and done to this point, and some of you still uh, have the opportunity to jump in with us on this. You haven't done it yet. Uh, and thankfully, God has said you can still join us in this. Um, but just after uh, what we've had come in so far, we've got over $100,000 committed over two years, and we're seeking 96. So thank you so much for your generosity. It's amazing. 
That's amazing. It's amazing. We don't do that for, like I said, we don't do it for fountains and coffee shops. Uh, and it doesn't go to any staff stuff. It goes directly to this so we can pay this off so we can send more money away. So far this year, we have given a, over 100, about $175,000 just to church planting, let alone to all these other countries and ministries. Um, and it'll probably be up around about 200000 by the time the year's done, which is just absolutely amazing. That's what we do here. Uh, and it culminates in people like John and Patient, who both went through the, the Discovery Center. So thank you very much. Um, I'm very proud of you. I've told you before, you are a world-class church, and you're generous like no other. You need to believe that, because it is the absolute truth. Uh, what God has taught me, five minutes, I'm going to go quick. Clarity. This is one thing that God has given me and taught me over this last year. It began in 2020. It was solidified in 2021. It's based on the Bible verse, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And don't worry about nothing else. Uh, and it has been amazing to me at how um, fractured the church's eyes and vision have become over the past two years with everything that's going on in our world between a public health crisis, a world pandemic, and the politics of our nation. And God told me this year, boy, keep your focus focused. And he's given me great clarity on kingdom stuff, regardless of everything else, with the assurance that everything else will be taken care of and he'll handle it. And he's also told me, uh, Joshua 1, 8, 9, which I memorized when I was in high school. Keep this book of the law always, not sometimes, always at your lips. Keep it on your lips. Keep it before you. Night and day, meditate on it. Think about it, ruminate on it night and day, day and night, night and day, day and night, so that you may be careful not to know it but to do it. And then you'll be prosperous and successful. God says, haven't I commanded you this? Be strong. Be courageous. That's something I've needed in 2020 and 2021. Uh, it's, uh, most churches and a lot of pastors shrank back uh, in confusion because they didn't have clarity and shrank back in, in what do we do and who do we follow and who do we listen to uh, and chose not to lead from a position of strength and courage. Um, and so this is something God was talking to me about for the past year. Don't be afraid. Don't get discouraged. You stay focused on kingdom. Because God is with me wherever I go. Uh, and so uh, God helped bring great clarity, I think, uh, to my mind. As many other people uh, around are just spinning and spinning and spinning. Like I said, because of all these other things. Just spinning. Uh, and and it causing great emotion. I think for me, God said, look, just settle down. My word, my presence, night and day. And you be strong and you be courageous. And so it was a, it was a, that's one of the things God taught me. And, and I look at that, looking at where God started with me. And at the beginning of this year, God gave me three words, positive, grateful, and energetic. And I felt like at the beginning of 2021, God said, Carl, I want you to focus on being positive, grateful, and energetic. And so actually on my calendar, and if any of you have access to my calendar, sometimes you've seen if I'm driving and it's on my little screen on my truck, it pops up on my calendar. <laughs> and no people who drive with me and they look down and it says positive, grateful, energetic. And I'm like, that's a weird thing to pop up. But I have it scheduled every day, three or four times every day, to remind myself to be positive, grateful, uh, and energetic. PG and E, it's where my power comes from, right? And so as God told me this at the beginning of 2021, Carl, you, you just work on being positive, grateful, and energetic, because it's easier for me not to be positive. It's easier for me not to look at what isn't done. And it's easier for me to just get my head down and just like, whatever, I don't care. And, and, and so he says, you need to combat who you are and be who I want you to be, positive, grateful, and energetic. And so God gave me these verses. He said, regarding positivity, you need to know what others intend for evil, God intends for good. That's a positive outlook on life. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you say about me. I don't care what you say to me. You might intend it for evil, but God will turn it around for good. So I'm good. I'm good. Romans 8, 28. I know 
that in all things God works together for the good of those who love him. Even 2020 and even 2021, absolutely, because the Bible says all things, and when the Bible says all things, it means all things. That's a real positive outlook. I don't care. God's got this. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It might exist. It might show itself against me. It might have little victories here and there, but it ain't going to prosper. And so when I look at life and God turns stuff for good and there's no weapons going to prosper against me, that's a real positive attitude. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and, and that's, that's been one. And then God said, I, not only do I want you to be positive, I want you to be grateful. Psalm 136, 1, he said, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And not just that he does good, he is good. His merciful love endures forever. That's something to be thankful for for me every single day. First Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances. Not for all circumstances, not because everything happens, but in the midst of it, give thanks. Because that's God's will for me in Christ Jesus. So the, me, me being grateful is part of God's will for my life. Colossians 3.17, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it, in, uh, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So part of God's command for me this year is to be grateful. And, and, and it's just been amazing for me to keep this before me every single day because there's been so much negativity. And the church has gotten so wrapped up in all the freaking negativity that nothing's good enough, and this has happened, and that's happened in our government, and the church, and blah, 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 blah. I feel like we just kind of got swept up in the negativity of our culture. And God said, no, 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 I'm going to tell you my will. My will is that you be grateful. And that's one reason we do this. Heather said that one of the things that Mackie messed her up with today, she said, I could do the five good minutes. And Mackie started looking over her life and said, this is what God's done, this is what God's done, this is what God's done. She's got a grateful attitude. That's Bible. You understand? That, that's, that, that's so different than our culture, right? So God said, Carl, I want you to be positive. I want you to be grateful. And I want you to be energetic. Romans 12, 11, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Never be lacking in zeal. And I, I got to tell you, man, this last year as of late, I, I talked to a couple friends of mine. Jim was one of them. Uh, Jeff was one of them. There was a time this year when I, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm tapping out. I'm done. Like, I can't please these people. Uh, and, and, and everything, every move I make, someone's got a freaking issue with. Whether I intended it to be that way or not, doesn't matter. It's like, I, I, you know, in, in 32 years of ministry and 25 years as a senior pastor, I thought I'm ready to be done. I need a sabbatical. I need like a six-month sabbatical. I just need to get away from everybody. I mean, it was like I'm... A, and, and, and talking to some of these guys and... And remembering this verse, Carl, you're lacking in zeal. Keep your freaking spiritual fervor, man. Like it's a good thing. Ecclesiastes 19, whatever your hand finds to do with all your might. I had that verse on a t-shirt when I was a fo playing football as a young kid in high school. And I wear that t-shirt with that verse to in, in, in the gym lifting. And I remember getting made fun of by the football player. Whatever your hand finds to do, uh, shut up. <laughs> like this is a good thing, like. Like whatever I put my hands to, man, like everything I got. In Colossians 3.20, whatever you do, work it out with all your heart. It's working for the Lord, not for your master. Because you know that God's asked you to call you to it, man. There's some energy that's got to come to life. And when I realized that God said, Carl, I want you to be positive, grateful, and energetic, that kind of creates momentum. And if there's one thing that, that I've seen this world lack in over the past two years is positive momentum. It's got a lot of negative momentum. But I think God was positioning me to say, Carl, I want you to be a, who, someone who creates positive momentum in your life, in your church, because they're going to need it. You understand what I'm saying? And so this is what God has been teaching me those past, this past year. Um, and I have a feeling he's going he, to want to keep teaching me it over this next year. Because who knows what 2022 is like, right? Yeah. Hey, hey let's do this. Um, I would encourage you, if something struck a chord, um, ruminate on it a little bit, because it might be the Holy Spirit talking to you. I'd also encourage you this. Um, share your five good minutes with those who are close to you. Take some time over the next day or two and get with someone you care about and that you trust and share your own five good minutes and start thinking through what God has been teaching you, because it'll give you insight, I think, to what he's going to teach you. You got it? You got it? Hey, I'm going to pray, and we're going to sing a song or so, and then we're going to go um, enjoy the rest of our God-blessed day. Father, thank you for this day. 
Thank you for the opportunity you have given us uh, to be together. And just to remember, to remember who you are, to remember what you've done, and in remembering who you are and what you've done, to have confidence in what you are still about and going to do. You've been so good. You've been so faithful. You've been so present. You've been the God who was our provider. You've been the God who is our shepherd. You've been the God who was with us. You've been the God who is our healer. You've been the God who is our warrior. You are the God who sits on his throne and lives amongst us and in us. We praise you and we thank you. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus, by, by, by the presence of the Holy Spirit, that those who are yours in this place, that you would just start reminding them in, 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 in rapid succession, bursting upon their minds, all the ways that you've been present, all the things that you've done, all the goodness that you've shown, all the goodness and blessing that you provided, this over and over and over in their minds. So as they walk out of this place, that they'll be completely overwhelmed with how good you, not with what they still need you to do, not with what they they still want you, not with still what you're going to do, but what you've already done. Father, I pray that as we remember who you are, that it would be the, the, the impetus and the thing that would create gratitude in our hearts, that in all things, in whatever is left of this year, that we would give thanks for it in you. Father, we love you. We thank you for your faithfulness. Overwhelm us again with your incredible love that knows no end and the sovereignty that cannot be shaken. Your provision in all things for all things and your call and purpose on our lives. We love you, Jesus. In your name I pray, amen. Let's sing a little bit and get out of here.